Chapter 2, Assignment. Contract Tip. Parts of an Assignment Provision. The general rule, with exceptions, is that contracts are freely assignable unless the contract says otherwise. Most vendors and customers want to restrict assignment, so they include limits in the assignment provision. Here are the four core parts of these provisions. One, basic concept. Quote, the parties may not assign or delegate the agreement or any of its rights and obligations, end quote. Assigning the entire contract is different from assigning its rights. And assigning rights is different from delegating its obligations. The best practice is to address all three in your language. Two, permitted assignment. Are any narrower assignments permitted? If so, you want to add language that says something like, quote, provided however, either party may assign and then go on to list what can be assigned. It could be any of its rights, could be any of its obligations, could be this agreement, and then identify to whom it can be assigned. It could be its affiliates or to some named third party. Three, conditions. Is that permitted assignment conditioned on anything? If so, add, quote, only listing the conditions such as upon notice to or with the consent of the other party. And then you can add another restriction, which is, which shall not be unreasonably denied, delayed, or conditioned. Four, violations. What if there's a violation? You can add, quote, any attempted assignment or transfer in violation of this section shall be null and void. End quote. Without this clarification, the court may award damages but not reverse the assignment. And remember that an assignment does not relieve an assignor of its obligations. Only a novation does that. Contract tip. Assign rights and obligations, not just the contract. If you want to restrict assignment, limit in your contract, quote, assignment of the rights and obligations in the agreement, end quote. Don't just say assignment of the agreement. Let me explain why this nuanced difference is so critical. Our contracts are made up of rights and obligations. The proper terminology for transferring these is to assign the rights and delegate the obligations. A lot of us tend to conflate these concepts. Rather than refer to the rights and obligations, we say the parties may not assign the agreement. But using this imprecise wording may not do what you want it to do, which is to stop any assignment. In the U.S., most courts interpret a provision that says the parties may not assign the agreement as only prohibiting delegation of its obligations. This language is regularly interpreted as allowing the assignment of rights. While the optimal wording restricts the assignment of rights and delegation of duties, you can just use a restriction of assigning rights and obligations. That approach is usually good enough. The importance of this wording is a great example of how using plain language may harm your legal position. Sometimes we need the precision of the legalistic phrase. 
Contract tip. Include the void language in every assignment provision. Every contract that restricts assignment should say that any attempted assignment that violates the restriction is void. This phrase is powerful as it goes beyond just restricting the party. It removes the authority of the party to act in violation of that restriction. To understand what that means, let me start with what happens if you do not include the phrase. Say the contract prohibits the assignment of its rights and obligations, but is silent about being void if attempted. Then a party violates the restriction and agrees to assign it to a third party. The party that violated the restriction would be a breach of the agreement and may be liable for damages. But what you need to know is that courts in the U.S. would still allow that assignment to take place and only provide those damages as the remedy. But if the contract includes the void language, the courts would likely not allow the assignment because the contract gives the party no authority to assign. Even if the party tries to assign, it is as if the assignment never happened. Of course, courts may find equitable and other reasons to reach a different outcome, so we never know for sure. But including the void language gives you a stronger case to stop that assignment. Contract tip. Don't ignore assignment notices for accounts receivable. There's an important legal consequence you should know about when a vendor assigns its accounts receivable. In these cases, it doesn't matter what the parties agreed in the contract on this point because the Uniform Commercial Code, UCC, overrules it. Section 9-406 of the UCC says that the seller may assign its accounts receivable under a contract even when it prohibits it. In other words, a buyer cannot prevent vendors from selling their accounts receivable as an asset called factoring or using it as collateral for a loan. You may ask, well, why does this matter to me? Well, here's why. If you receive an assignment notice from your vendor that directs you to pay a third party to which it assigned its accounts receivable, you must stop payments to that vendor. You should only pay the new assignee. Here's the kicker. If you pay the vendor instead of the assignee after receiving a valid UCC 9-406 notice, you still must pay the assignee. Freaked out a little? I was too when I learned about this rule. Train your teams to send any notice about a pay new payee to the legal department. Legal should validate it for compliance with the UCC and then advise on next steps. Otherwise, your company may find that it still owes an amount it has already paid. Contract tip, recourse against a party after assignment. Did you know that a party that assigns a contract remains bound by the contract? U.S. law is clear on this point. An assignment alone does not end the assigner's obligations under a contract. The only way to release the assigner from its obligations is to have all three parties, the assigner, the assignee, and the original counterparty agree to innovation. 
I recently had an attorney refuse an assignment provision that allowed the parties to assign to affiliates. The lawyer, a partner in a large law firm, argued that my client could assign to a shell company and then his client could have no recourse against anyone. That's not how it works. A party to a contract cannot assign an agreement and walk away from liability. It still is liable after the assignment. The only way the assignor is off the hook is with a novation. Of course, there are other risks to allowing assignment without restriction, but having no recourse against the assigner is not one of them. I urge lawyers everywhere, but especially lawyers with whom I negotiate, to stop recycling this incorrect argument.